healthy conflict. So we're going to learn this morning that you can have healthy conflict. Do you know you can fight healthy? You know, fighting is part of our life. It's what we do. We disagree. We argue. We have conflict. Um, And you can do it in a right way, and you can also do it in a wrong way. Now, let me preface this by saying anything that I mention or talk about today as far as encouraging you how to do this correctly, I'm not talking about anybody that's experiencing abuse or anything like that. This is just those disagreements that we have because we don't see eye to eye. We're different personality. And as the book that was written, women are from Venus and men are from Mars, I think so it went, something like that. It's a true statement. Um, Having been married 34 years, we'll have our 35th this year. I can agree. We came from different planets uh, still to this day. So um, let's uh, get on to healthy conflict. Now, there's going to be a picture put up on the screen. Now, this is right before we got married. So we got married in September. I think it was the summer before we got married. So I'm 17 and Mark is 20 when we got married. So we're both about that same age in this picture. What does this picture say? Huh? (laughs) Do we look in love? Yeah. There's another one, um, and I was trying to find it, but I didn't find it, where I'm sitting and he's got his hand on my arm, and everybody that sees her, like, he has got a hold of you. He has, like, got this grip. His, like, fingers are almost white, grabbing on. So you can tell, Song of Solomon mostly deals with marriage, right? We're, we, we're kind of liking in this series to marriage. But healthy conflict, even if you're not married in this room, I want you to realize all of these principles and things we're going to talk about can be in any relationship you're dealing with. If you're in with friends, a job, a boss. So take all that into consideration. I'm going to kind of liken it to marriage. I'll throw in a couple of other you know, relationship issues you may face. But it's mostly because we're dealing with Song of Solomon going to be about marriage. Um, the word, the world has opinions, but God has answers, right? So we are dealing with conflict most of the time by how the world tells us to deal with it. Is that not correct? Could you say that's kind of correct in your life? It is in mine. Um, but God has answers about how for us to deal with conflict. There is no condemnation and just open your heart and let God do that and know that you are the only one that can change how you deal with conflict. You can't change how they deal with conflict. You can't change how that other person in the relationship is dealing with conflict. You can only change you. So we're going to start with Song of, in Song of Solomon. We're going to go, there's three stages of marriage, okay, or relationships. Now this really, we're going to like, I'm going to mostly relate it to marriage. So um, this is my redemption of all the years, about 13 that Mark's pastored, that I've been thrown under the bus. So he's like, are you going to talk about me this morning? I absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> of course, it's our best life experience. I've been with him longer than I was with my parents, way longer. So that's the thing that I can, is the freshest on my mind. I won't be too, too honoring, but... Believe you me, I'm going to break the myth this morning that Mark and I do not have a perfect marriage. You know, if you ever thought that, it's going to be blown to smithereens this morning, so sorry about that. (laughs) So there's three stages of marriage. Got that slide up? So we have the honeymoon, right? Ooh, so we kind of already had the honeymoon look in our eyes, right? I wish I'd have thought and drug out a picture from our honeymoon. So 
The word honeymoon means sweet month. And that's about how long it lasts sometimes, <laughs> right? Sweet month. And uh, yeah, it lasts some about a month. Well, um, ours lasted about three days. Because we get married on a Saturday, take out on our honeymoon, and uh, we have our first big fight on our honeymoon. We had some when we were dating, I'm not going to lie. But we're on our honeymoon, and we have a big blowout fight. And he probably doesn't even remember, do you? No, I didn't think so. (laughs) Because we're going to get to that later, (laughs) why he does not remember. Uh, So we're on our honeymoon, we're in the Bahamas, and I love the water, and I want, I have never been out of the country. I've never been, really, I've been to California pretty much, because that's where my dad's family is, where all of our vacations were there. So I never had got to do much. I'm only 17 anyway. So I'm like, I want a parasail. I want to scuba dive. I want to, and he's like, you're doing none of that. I just got you, and I am not taking the chance that I could lose you in the ocean. So what do you think happens? Uh, No, I did not. He wouldn't let me, and I didn't have access to any way to even pay for it, to even do it. I was ticked. I was big time mad. So we're on this resort. So I take off and walk this compound. And we are just, I mean, we spent a good portion of our honeymoon, you know, kind of upset. I was upset about that. And I'm like, what in the world? So this leads us to the second stage of marriage, which is disillusionment right? And you're like, what did I do? And who did I marry? This man from Mars, he's an alien. What happened? You know, what's going on? So it takes us to the disillusionment part of we're pretty newly married. We do have two kids at the time, so that would be uh, Brett and Cade. I have to go through my kids. So um, now we got had kids really early. We were married five months when I got pregnant with our oldest, Brett. So just, we haven't been married like a super long time, but we had a big fight. And so this is the disillusionment and how we aren't dealing with conflict very well. And big argument happens. He does something that, again, really ticks me off. Do you think I have a temper? Did you know I did? It takes a lot to really get me there, but I'm that wild card when you get me there. It's not good. And I kind of become a whole nother person. So I'm ticked. And I do the very wrong thing. And I pack up my two kids and I go to my aunt's house. Well, I'm there a night. And guess what happens? First night. Cade wakes up throwing up. Next morning, Brett wakes up throwing up. I'm not at home. I don't have everything I need. I didn't grab enough stuff. And I'm like, could this really get any worse? Well, it did. So the next day, my aunt's phone rings, and we're not talking. You know, I have to go sit down and connected to the wall. I got to sit down and talk on the phone with sick kids. And it's my dad, who is a pastor. And he says, I'm at my church office. You need to be here at 2 o'clock. Yes, dad, I will be there at two o'clock. So I just didn't, I didn't even hesitate to say no to my dad. And I'm like, he knows, he knows I've left. He knows I'm gone. Well, when I get there, my dad's sitting behind his desk with a chair in front of his desk. And he says, have a seat. Yeah. And he, and he proceeds to tell me, you know, he, he had already talked and, and counseled with Mark and 
here's one of the other problems. We didn't really have anybody to counsel us. Our parents didn't counsel us before we got married. We didn't weren't suggested to go to any premarital counseling, which I highly suggest you do. So we really had came into this marriage with no tools, really, to help us get through that. But my dad calls me in, he sets me down, and he listens to me for a minute, you know, as I'm sobbing. And, you know, he says, you made this commitment, this covenant, you are married, you get in your car, you take your kids, and you go home, and you resolve this. I have talked to him, and he's ready to sit down and calmly talk to you. And I won't, I'm not even going to go into the fight. So I did. But that was the, the disillusionment was way already in play. And the disillusionment stage, depending on how you act, can last a really long time or a really short time. Yeah. We chose, and like I said, we didn't have really good people to talk to in our life to help us. So ours lasted quite a while because we just didn't have the tools and the skills to get to the next phase of, which is commitment. And disillusionment is where most people give in and give up because they're hurting, they're mad, they don't like this person anymore. And we've had conversations, and I'll tell you, there were lots of times that I said, I choose to love you because I walked with the fear of God in me just the way I was raised. And I'm like, I know I'm supposed to love him. And, and, you know, I'm like, so I'm like, I choose to love you, but I do not like you. (laughs) And he could say the same thing about me. It wasn't just him. I'm just talking from my point of view today, right? So he would feel the same way. Um, And it's real. And I wish our disillusionment phase hadn't lasted so long that we could have got to where we are today because we're in that commitment phase. We know we can now have healthy conflict, and that leads to healthy relationships when you can really learn how to deal with conflict. And don't give up before you get to this point of commitment because you want to bail, you want to give in and, and, and say this isn't worth it, but you've made a covenant before God, and you need to hang in there. Okay, so um, we're going to go to Song of Solomon now, 5-2. And this is where, um, and there's going to be all kinds of different opinions. We're going to approach this as this is their first fight that they had in Song of Solomon. Now, you're going to find different opinion, but I'm going to make this modern day too, so don't later come and say, you really took that out of context or whatever. I'm kind of bringing this down modern. I believe they did have a disagreement here. Something happened. And I want you to learn from this passage, choose your battles too. That's something we can really change how many conflicts we get in if we just choose our battles. So, um, she's, I slept, but my heart was awake. Listen, my beloved is knocking. Open to me, my sister, my darling, my dove, my flawless one. So, um, let's bring this down to what we can understand, our modern day version. They, you're newly married. They've kind of hit maybe disillusionment phase. And uh, they're like, I think that we need, you need to have a boy's night, and I need to have a girl's night. We need some time apart. It's okay to be with our friends. Um, so they decide to mutually on the same night have a girl's night and a boy's night. So I'm going to say Solomon goes out with the guys. Um, they go to the pool hall, maybe play some pool, go paint a picture at Pino's Palace, or I don't know. <laughs> that happens sometimes. Um, so they go out, the boys get together, they go out, they're having a great time, they lose track of time, because he's losing at pool, so he wants to play another game, and he goes to call her to let her know he's going to be late, you know, hey, I'm, I want to play another game, 
and uh, his phone's dead. So he can't even call her. So she goes to bed, and he's not there, missed his curfew. And yes, I have a curfew too. Even you're married, you have curfew sometimes. And he goes knocking on the door, and she's in bed. She's locked the door. She's mad. She is ticked off. And he goes, and he's, of course, coming in the door all sweet. Oh, my darling, my dove, my flawless one. So we know it's night because his head is drenched with dew. He says, I'm out here. You've left me out here in the night. And she's like, dude, I've already taken off my robe. I'm in bed. I've cleaned my feet because back then they cleaned their feet because they were barefoot, wore sandals. It was dirty. I'm already in there. And uh, you really want me to get up and let you in after you're late. You broke the rules. We agreed. So they're, they're not happy with each other. So she goes, finally gets up, lets him in, and he's gone. She's like, hmm, I think maybe I let my emotions get a hold of me in this conflict. He's frustrated. She's mad. And he leaves. And the number one cause of most fights is poor communication. And I can vouch for that in my own life, marriage, other relationships. And we can liken this to even, you know, a friendship. You meet this friend, and you're like, we are soul sisters. We are, I mean, we think the same. We like the same things. We, and then you give it about a month or two, and that disillusionment sets in, and that friend says something about what you wore the other day and how it made you look. And you're disillusioned with this soul sister of yours that you know God sent from heaven to be your friend. And it's the, it's the same way. You know, poor communication, sometimes stopping and thinking before we speak. You know, taking different actions of, you know, pl- not playing that extra pool game when you had an agreement and you guys decided on things. So one thing that Mark and I were not taught was we in the fight, you need to put a rule book around dealing with your conflict. Yeah. And when we marriage counsel now, because of the experience we've dealt with, we let them know we need to negotiate terms. Number one is going to be, how many kids do you want? This has nothing to do with this, but this is one. How many kids do you want? Because if he wants one and she wants 10, you got a problem. You know, there's, there's a conflict right there. It started before you ever hit the altar. And you're going to be in, so we've got to negotiate those things. Conflict needs to have a rule book. you got two people coming from two different homes, two different backgrounds, who saw how differently conflict was dealt with, right? One, yelling may have been going on all day, all night in this household that conflict was dealing with. The other, um, and this is kind of Mark and I, his house, there was more of, you know, explosions going on when conflict would happen. So that's how he deals with, you know, he's an explosive. He just like, get it out. And then he's okay. You know, I feel better. Don't you? And I'm like, no, I just feel like a rabid dog just attacked me, you know? (laughs) And that was kind of my cue to him over the years. If we would be in a conversation, I would say, I would tell him, I'm like, you're barking at me. Cause that's what I felt like. He was just like, you know, going out and I'm like, hold up. You know, because um, I came from a home where my parents did not really yell. Those con- they never really fought in front of us, which wasn't totally healthy. Because you can see healthy fighting; it helps you learn how to fight healthy, right? 
Um, so we came from two totally different backgrounds. So our first, com- you know, conflict, and he's going at me, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, what's that? That's not necessary. I, you know, it totally took me by surprise. So set those boundaries because you come from different backgrounds. Um, some of them you can set. Never fight in public. Make a choice. Don't fight in public. Wait, take it home. Go to the car. I was kind of like that mostly with my kids, unless sometimes I'd lose my cool. But I tried to take them to the car or the bathroom if I needed to discipline them. Same thing with your spouse. Don't be hooking it out in the grocery store, going down the aisle, you know, telling each other how terrible you are. I've seen it. You know, not good. Never in front of the kids. Now, I, I agree with that one to a point. I think you can have disagreements that they need to see that you can resolve conflict calmly and so they can know how to do that. But don't be fighting and carrying on in front of the kids. If you know it's going to get heated, wait till the kids go to bed. Take it to another room. And a lot of times we tried to do that. I, don't, I wouldn't say we were always successful, but, you know, I would tell the kids, your dad and I need to go to the bedroom. we got to talk. They were like, oh, they knew. <laughs> okay. And never yell. And I know this is a hard one. But yelling does not solve anything. It, it does not, you know, even yelling at your kids, if you're that mom and you're like, I just, I can't control the, you know, and you're like, and then they yell back at me. Well, why do you think they're yelling back at you? You know, they, they want to be heard too, you know. So try your best not to yell. You don't have to yell to get your point across. And you're dealing with uh, so many different personalities, it can really shut some people down. Like me, I'm one that shuts down. You start yelling at me, I kind of, I go blank, I can't think, I kind of get flustered. Um, and never shut down. And somewhat walk away, but I'm going to preface that one. Because when you shut down, and this is me, Mark's a confronter, and I'm a non-confronter. I'm non- I hate confrontation. And you come at me, I'm going to shut down. So my what I did wrong and have done wrong in our relationship is he would come at me wanting to resolve something, and I just shut down. Now, shutting down for a moment is not such a big deal. But I would shut down for weeks at a time, months at a time. Yeah, to punish, um, to make myself feel better. And sometimes it was truly, I don't even know how to resolve this. Sometimes it was a defense mechanism of, I don't even know where to go with this or how to resolve it. So we've kind of come to the agreement you know, I'll try to give him a cue. Okay, you're barking at me. And then sometimes women, this is where women are different than men. We need processing time. Our brain needs to process. You guys are, men are in generally known as being problem solvers. Let's deal with this. Let's address it. Let's get on, you know. And we're like, okay, wait a minute. I need to process. I need to think this through. And when this comes in and is so important is because then words that you shouldn't say aren't so much said. Because you can't take words back. And in conflict, we tend to say words we shouldn't say. And, you know, there, I know I've said things to Mark and he said things to me that Satan to this day will try to trip us up and put a, a wedge between us and bring up the past things. Um, so take a pause. It's okay to take a pause. Just don't take a long pause because number two is cap your time. 
don't, the Bible tells us, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. If you're really being angry, and this is where we really messed up because I shut down. He pretty much had a handle on that really good because he's like, let's blow, get it over with, kiss and make up. Life's grand, right? And I'm like, not so much. I'm not happy with you. So that was my big error that I really caused a lot of the conflict to be, you know, extended in time because I would hang on to it. Um, So deal with your anger, deal with it and don't let it marinate because the longer you sit on it and you don't deal with it, the more hurt it causes, the harder it is for you to come back and deal with it later because you've had all this time you've been thinking about it, it's marinating. Just think about that steak, it just sits there and it soaks all that up and you soak all those emotions up and all those feelings up and they have nowhere to go. And for me, that's when I would blow and explode. So cap your time. Don't let it linger. You know, try to deal with those things. There have been times, though, that I've told him, I need a minute. And sometimes I may, I'm like, I'm not upset. I need a minute. It may be the next day. But I don't want to say something I'll regret. And I'm really upset right now. I'm really flustered and all those, you know, you've had it play in your mind, haven't you? All those not so nice things you want to say. And I know when that's going on in my head, it's eventually going to come out my mouth if I give it place. So stop it, cap it, and say, I need a moment, but come back. Don't let it go. Don't think it's going to go away because it will not. All those conflicts that you're not dealing with is like being in a pool of water and you've got all these balls and somebody tells you, hold down all those balls. Don't let them come to the surface. And you're holding down, you're trying to hold all these balls down at the time. So your, your mind's going everywhere. You're flustered. You're not dealing with anything. So make sure you come back, though, if you take that pause. Number three, control your words because you can't take them back. No name calling. Don't get historical. Stay in the present. Stay on topic. Don't bring up 10 years ago when he was late to, you know, your grandpa's funeral. You know, and he, yeah, and he promised you he would be there. You know, don't go back to, and, and th- it, solves, it doesn't help, it doesn't solve anything, and it just makes, that t- fight turns into 10 other fights that you had 10 years ago. And you really never get to the issue and the source of the problem. And that's with, you know, choosing your battles. When we counsel with couples, a lot of times, you know, word vomit has happened. And they're setting before us because they've let their tongues get away from them, their words. And, you know, they come and they're talking to us and it's, well, he doesn't pick his socks up off the floor. Well, she doesn't clean the house every Monday. Well, I just, I work all day long, and what is she doing all day? I, you know, I should have, and, you know, it's just, nah, nah, nah. and so we'll listen to it for a little bit, and then, you know, I'll never forget this moment with a couple we were counseling, and I just, you know, it was just God-given. I looked at them, and I said, do you really want to tell people you divorced over socks? Now, I knew that wasn't the issue. That it was a symptom, it was a symptom of what was going on, but that what they spent ten minutes talking about him picking up his socks, and I'm like, is this? Do you really want to tell people that's why you're not you're choosing to get divorced or separated? So choose those words, pick your battles. Is it really important? Is it going to matter in ten years? Is it going to matter tomorrow? You know, everybody has those issues in their home, and does it really matter? 
This will allow you, if you will put these things in order, and don't ever use the word to divorce either. That's one I didn't say, or, or leave or separate. You know, me leaving that time that I did didn't really help anything. It, it really caught me, you know, made me have to sit down in front of my dad and kind of get reamed out, which didn't feel very good. And uh, so, but you know, it was always in the back of my head. I don't want to go through that again. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't think I'll leave. <laughs> my dad's going to call me in. <laughs> Um, but if you um, will put these things, these boundaries in motion, this will allow you to enjoy fighting. Because the best part of fighting is making up. Exactly. <clears throat> so um, this allows you also to be able to disagree in a safe environment. You know, we always want to feel safe and know that I can have an opinion. And that's probably getting married so young, that was one thing I always felt like he, you know, was trying to father me. And I'm like, I have a dad. I don't need you to tell me what to do. I don't, you know, and and compromise um, because there's things like he likes to go to bed early. I don't. So early on, it was a real contention in our marriage because I'm like, I don't want to go to bed. I get the kids in bed. It's quiet. I can have me time. And he's he wanted me to go to bed with him. So I'm like, we need to. I did back then go on. I don't want to go to bed early every night. So we need to compromise. So we did. So that's setting those boundaries, learning to compromise, getting an agreement on the table. So we have a choice. So we had the fight. Now you have a choice. You need to choose humility over pride and give in to each other instead of the traps of Satan. Now this goes back to one simple thing, and that is love. And where God tells us to put the other person before ourselves. In Song of Solomon 5, um, She's mad, but she chooses to go towards him instead of holding a grudge and away from him. And she just starts, I'm just going to read a little bit. He says, my beloved is radiant. He is outstanding among 10,000. His head is purest gold. His hair is wavy and black. And so she goes on for one, two, three, four, six verses, just talking about how wonderful he is. So even though she's mad at him, she chooses to put him above herself. She chooses to go toward him instead of the thing I was talking about where you give the silent treatment and you pull away and you punish and you... And then in uh, chapter 6, he does the same thing. Solomon is doing the same thing. Um, You're as beautiful as Tirza, my darling, majestic as troops with banners. Turn your eyes from me. I just want to let you know, earlier uh, in this whole uh, book, he uses the same words. He kind of didn't get very creative. <laughs> just, just saying. <laughs> Guys, work on your compliments. <laughs> yeah, we'll take them, we'll take them. Um, so in the choice, we need to do a couple of things. I will intentionally listen. You have a choice. I'm going to go toward them. I'm going to choose them over myself. I'm going to choose love. And love puts action to your faith. It gives it energy. Without love, faith is not, faith isn't working too good in your life right now. And you're like, oh, gosh, I think I have faith. But it's just not working for me. And I'm ha-. look at your love walk. Because love gives energy to faith. I will intentionally listen instead of thinking what I'm going to say next. And we're all guilty of that. You're in a fight, and you're like, I'm going to top him. I'm going to, I, you know, over the years, I'm like, I'm going to become a better barker because, you know, I, he was always really good at just, 
yeah, because he was always real good at, you know, shutting me down and coming at me. And I'm like, how does he come up with that on the fly so good? I'm like, my mind's all flustered. And <laughs> so I'm like, I got to get better at this, which was a bad idea. Don't do it. But in my thing, I was like, I need to get better at this fighting thing. Not in the right way, though. So I need to be a better barker. I need to be able to shut him down like he shuts me down. So he's, you know, not coming at me. So I'm thinking of the next thing I'm wanting to say, right? So don't do that. Listen, stop. And, and sometimes, and we've really worked on this over the years, and so I'm like, just let me finish. Let me get everything out I need to say, and then you can respond. It's kind of like in the court of law. We need Judge Judy to say, it's your turn, now it's your turn. So we just, you got to, that's part of setting those boundaries and doing that. And then seek to understand without judgment what that person is trying to tell you in this conflict. Because we'll come into a conflict, we've, we're already, the conflict's going on, the fight's happened, and we're trying to resolve it, and we've already, in our mind, decided, I'm right. Yeah. And we become right fighters. And we may not be right, we may, not, we may know we're not right, but by golly, we're wanting to be a right fighter, because I'm going to bring you over to my team, I want you to be in my camp and do it the way I'm going to do it. So try to listen without judgment and then ask non-threatening questions instead of going, well, why'd you do that? Well, maybe come at it of, well, I, I hear you're saying that, you know, I hurt your feelings. Could you explain to me maybe a little better what I said so I can work on it, you know, next time? Come at them with non-threatening questions instead of accusing and, and just, you know, trying to make them belittle them, because that's what ends up happening. We start belittling each other. And verbally validate what that person is saying. And that's probably where a lot of my hurt come from with, came from with Mark, is that I didn't feel that validated. And I think you could probably say you experience that on a job. You start this job, you have the interview, everybody's on their best behavior, and like, this boss is going to be great. I'm going to like this job. Then you're in it a month, and... The boss's true colors come out, you know, and you, somebody been there, back there? <laughs> and, and then you just, you know, there maybe that critical boss or that boss that you can't do anything right, and you know you're doing a pretty good job at your job, and you just want to be validated. You just want somebody to say, you're doing a great job. And I want to encourage you, husband, wife, boss, friend, Learn that person's love language. What speaks love to them? If you don't know what, there is a book that's out there, and you can read it. It's really good. Um, And I'll just tell you some of them are uh, works of service, uh, words of affirmation, uh, quality time, physical touch. Gifts, yeah. Learn what your partner, not just in marriage and any, because you can really win a boss over and have a good relationship with a boss, not in a bad way, but (laughs) by learning their, you know, they may need, they may be words. They need you to give words of affirmation to them that they're a great, they're a good boss doing a good job, you know, and that may take you a long, I'm not talking about, you know, saying things that aren't true, but I'm just talking about they may need somebody to really give them affirmation. So learn the love language in those relationships in your life. <clears throat> and then choose to empathize. You know, that's 
a tough one. I'm not saying it's just all men because some women have problem with empathy too. <laughs> but men in general have a little trouble with empathy. <clears throat> you know, they don't always uh, see the, why are you even upset about that? Why, are, why did that hurt your feelings? I didn't mean it that way. I'm like, well, you just said my dinner was terrible. You know, don't fix that again. And I'm like, you didn't want me to have my feelings hurt? So empathize with just because you don't see it doesn't mean they don't feel it. So, yeah, try to be empathetic, even though you don't understand how they're feeling. Try to empathize because it's real to them. Amen. And so finally, we come to the reconciliation. I went down to the grove of the nut trees to look at the new growth in the valley to see if the vines had budded or the pomegranates were in bloom. Before I realized it, my desire set me among the royal chariots of my people. So to me, I was just, you know, when I was pondering about this and thinking about it, to me this was like she's, she's pondering and thinking about on what happened, you know, in their fight and, and their, in the division that was maybe between them. And she went for a walk, and she saw the new growth on the trees, and that the vines had budded. And, you know, I just, to me, when I read that, I'm like, you know, we need to focus on growth, on growing. And if your relationships are not improving, you're, you're wondering, how can I, you know, take this further? Try to, don't try, ask God, how can I grow? Where do I need to grow in this? Because you can't make anybody else do anything. You can't make them mature. You can't make them grow. You can't make them do anything you want them to do in a positive manner. But you can change you. And you can choose to mature and grow. And the chariot here stands for health, unity, togetherness. And this is the first time that he publicly displayed her and them as a couple. And it came on the heels of their first fight. So that he did something for her. He kind of empathized with her. He kind of saw she needed to be valued and to be seen as valuable. And he put, does something, and that's what that meant. He showed a unity and a togetherness um, <clears throat> in the relationship. Try to work on valuing your relationships. Try to work on the one thing that... You know, if there's a problem in a conflict that's going on and you're still in heavy conflict in any relationship that we're in, all it takes is forgiveness. And I say all it takes because it's hard. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Uh, you know, forgiveness is a release, a pardon, wiping the slate clean like Christ did for us. Um. When we're in conflict and we are in unforgiveness, you know, things start showing up in our life to let us know that. If you're in doubt, just kind of look at some things that are maybe going on in your life. Um, what I want you to yell out to me some things like if you're um, in unforgiveness or in conflict, and what are some things, emotions, and physical things that are going to happen in your life? What are you going to exhibit in your life to other people? Huh? Illness. Anger. Depression. Hate. Mm hmm. 
Anything else? Stress. Mm, yeah, insecurity. Sadness. Anybody else? Mm, yep. Low self esteem. Well, all this is what sits over our hearts when we're in unforgiveness. It's like a weight hanging around our neck. And you can see it, can't you? So if you think you're hiding it, you're not. Because it sits right there on your chest, in your heart. It causes you to overeat. It causes you to be have addictive personalities. Do things to numb the stress, the sadness, the insecurity. And all it takes is just forgiveness and letting those things go, just like Christ did for us. Because here's what can happen when we do that, and we let love energize our faith. He said, I'll clean you. I'll forgive you. I've already done it. It's done. We choose to have this hanging on us. But this is possible. You don't have to have that weight hanging around you. You don't have to let those things defeat your life. So I just want you to bow your head today. And if you're struggling and having a hard time dealing with conflict in your life and you have that whiteboard that needs to be wiped clean and you just need to work on forgiveness, letting those things go so you don't have all those emotions rolling around inside of you, nobody's looking around, just raise your hand. I'm just going to pray for you. You can be set free today just like Christ did for us. We can wipe that slate clean. And I know our flesh says, I'm letting them off the hook when I do that, somebody that's hurt me. But really, you're letting yourself off the hook because it really only affects you. So if you need to let those things go, just raise your hand. Nobody's looking. I'm going to pray for you this morning. Father God, I just thank you and I praise you that you give us the wisdom of your word to help us to deal with the conflicts in our life and that we can have healthy conflicts. And so I thank you for those that raised their hand this morning, Father, that you are right now helping them to let go of those hurts and those conflicts in their life, that they're choosing right now to wipe the slate clean for those that have hurt them, have come against them, that they're going to walk, choose to walk in forgiveness and let those things go so that they are, don't have that weight and that 
that board setting over their heart. And it keeps them from hearing from you and hearing from the things that they need to do and to know. And so, Father, I just thank you right now. They raise their hand in faith and that you show them the ways that they can love and just love purely and unconditionally just like you do us. And, Father, I just thank you and I praise you that today we take this away and we say, I want to be a better person in dealing with conflict. I want to be a better maid. I want to be a better uh, worker. I want to be a better friend. I want to be a better boss. Father God, help us take this into all areas of our life and to watch, number one, the words that we say because we can't take them back. So help us to watch our tongue and how we use it and to be use it in love and instead of tearing people down. And Father, I just thank you and I praise you for the wisdom that you give us, for the, for the love that you show us every day and for the love that you showed us through Jesus' life on the cross for us that we have the right to stand here today knowing that we can stand pure before you because of his blood. And Father, we just give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.